You're listening to the Mindful Psychology Podcast, a podcast designed to explore mindfulness, psychology, neuroscience, and various aspects of holistic health. My name is Jen. I'm your host. I'm also a therapist, an educator, and a yoga teacher. Join me and brilliant guests as we explore various topics and offer you actionable steps so that you can be informed and intentional about your health and well-being. Now sit back, relax, maybe take a notebook out, and let's dive in. and welcome to a brand new episode of the Mindful Psychology Podcast. Today is part two of our episode with Gunjani Patel and today we're going to dive into more of the remaining trauma-informed. We're talking a little bit, I said this at the end of the last episode, that we're going to talk a little bit about education versus just being informed. So there's education in the more formal sense, uh, which is how I like to separate the two when I'm talking about this kind of thing. Education in the more formal sense and then being informed in terms of just being informed as a human. So as a professional as well, of course, but also just as a human. And what this means when we're talking about shedding the stigma and uh, normalizing mental health. So this is part two of our episode. And without further ado, here is Gunjani. Some people might be wondering, like, why are they talking so much about this? And it's like, but you don't realize how much of a stigma there is. You don't yep. realize. People don't know. There are so many instances of people who bless them they don't know right they're not they're not educated in in the field they're not informed and i always say like educated in terms of more formal just for the sake of this topic education yeah. is more formal and informed as more like your humanness and whether or not Absolutely. you're informed about something um right. and that's my biggest thing it's like when i try to normalize mental health or trauma i i try to make it as trauma informed because a lot of educated people too you know, are not informed. Um, there's a huge misconception. Like one of the things that I'm focusing on this week is, you know, supporting men's mental health awareness because, you know, just emotions, they don't discriminate gender, but, you know, there's this, un, you know, there's this bias that the society has where men are just supposed to be strong and, you know, not cry and not have emotions and have it together all the time. And, you know, as a part of some of that, I was, uh, and one of the things that I was also thinking was, um, it's important that like, you know, when we train the next generation of physicians and because to me, it's like a very, uh, interdisciplinary thing. It's not just, okay, you know, a therapist or less normalized mental health. We have to normalize it at all levels. We have to normalize it at an insurance level. Actually, I'm really proud to say that our governor here, Gavin Newsom, really passed two bills in California that are very supportive of mental health, especially in these times, but just changing the practices of mental health and making it as normal as going and seeking you know, help for physical health. So I'm so happy and excited to see those levels of changing at a lobbying and at a, you know, legal level or, you know, judiciary and, you know, the, the, the um, political level. But I'm also very interested in getting, you know, physicians on board because a lot of times what I've heard is, and I experience in my own practice, like two thirds of the people that go to physicians or two thirds of the people that check into ERs, you know, are go there for 
stress responses. Not to say that trauma causes, I mean, obviously trauma causes stress, but you know, they're, co they're correlated, they're not causative. Most of the stress responses and the people that you know, show up with, because of bad immunity and colds and this and that, a lot of those are driven by stress responses that are triggered by an event that you found traumatic. A lot of times, you know, we have this in misconception of, you know, trauma is in, oh, combat, violent crimes or sexual, you know, assaults or, you know, um, major like um, d disaster, natural disaster. But we don't think of small traumas as, you know, someone just diagnosed, uh, got diagnosed with a terminal disease or somebody, you know, went through bullying or somebody went through a bad breakup or, you know, somebody went through new motherhood and they absolutely hated themselves. I mean, those things are also just as traumatic. Any new changes or any life events, any new adjustment that we perceive that is a threat to our sense of self and our sense of belonging in this world is traumatic, whether we like to admit it or not, you know? So, most of those people, when they go to the physician, yes, they get prescribed something, but do they come from a trauma-informed lens and think of, okay, you know, maybe you're, you've had, you know, you need more assessment on what are some of the things that you've been through that you haven't processed that still causes you emotional charge. And from a neuroscience point of view, you know, if you keep doing the same things over and over again, you're going to keep getting the same tests over and over. And as a result of that, you know, you feel or see all these physical ailments that you continue to come to me for that could be easily treated by a mental health professional or a practitioner, you know, and they could be focusing on other things. So it's a very um, interdisciplinary thing that we, we don't do a, a good job even at this point, you know, um, with physicians and other healthcare frontline people. Yes, definitely. I mean, there's so much stuff that you've said there that's so important. I mean, even just starting with children and the education systems and just informing Absolutely. teachers. I mean, it's there are so many teachers who don't understand. Yeah. Well, first of all, of course, are not trauma informed for one. Right. Even yeah. not not even just trauma informed. Like they're not psychologists. Obviously, a lot of them naturally. I mean, yeah. that's studied. But they're, they're so used to being, you know, the educators or the authority in a place that they then think that they are. And that yeah. can be problematic because they treat the students that, like as if they know. And, and, right. and you're looking at it through one lens. You're looking at it through a teacher's lens. And of course, right. like, you're looking at it through a psychological lens and that's fine. But part of that training is to look at it through different lenses. <laughs> so it's a and, and one of the things that we do lack is that training. You know, it's like just yeah. because you took a you know, did a course on psychology as a teacher or, you know, in your uh, master's of ed program, or if you, you know, as a physician, you did a psych rotation, doesn't make you an expert at that. It really you just doesn't. Out for a decade and not to say like, you know, it's like, I would never go out there and tout myself to be an OBGYN. I'm not. And that's a fact. So <laughs> it's like, if you are a PCP or if you're an ER physician, you are not trauma informed. And it, it would be more helpful, you would be doing more harm than good if you didn't direct your patients to go and seek help. And sometimes, I, and I know that it's not just their fault all the time where people are very uh, aversive to seeking help. But if, if, if a doctor says it, then it's like, it carries weight and an authority and a credibility. So it's like, oh, okay, maybe I'll consider that. But if we say it from, you know, a provider or a practitioner standpoint, it, it doesn't 
carry as much weight as it would because people just have this again subconscious bias about oh if, if my doctor said it then i should go seek help yeah exactly and, and that's such a good point because if they've just because they've done a psych rotation or some kind of right. class that they took at one point doesn't mean that they're specialists on trauma or mental health or right so but this goes also back to the conversation that we often have on this show about understanding where your role ends and another person's role begins um, exactly. That, that's a completely separate topic. But yeah, I like right. the idea of, of tackling the different aspects of this big, big thing that is mental health. <laughs> and I think starting and under, like starting by, by the way that we treat children, understanding what yep. their schools are, like teachers have to be informed. Everybody who works yeah. at a school who is interacting with children, whatever your job is, it doesn't really matter really. If you're dealing with children and you're talking to them on a daily basis, you should be informed, like truly, yeah. truly informed about how to speak to people or children. What if the children are getting abused at home? Maybe there are some exactly. things you shouldn't be saying to these people. And in that right. in mind. And you know, one should, of the things that everybody it's has like, to, you know, and just be, be kind, you know? Absolutely. You know, and that's one of the biggest things. It's like, you know, one of the things that I am so big on these days in terms of the, like, I, I'm just very fascinated by the topic of intergenerational trauma. And it's really important to know that, you know, it's like 50% of any traumatic event or like depression, anxiety, or trauma, we are genetically predisposed. 40% of it is our perception of the event. And then 10% is the environmental factor that plays in that causes, you know, some of these symptoms and um, the, our distress in our life. So it's really important. And even to parents, I say this all the time. It's like, if you're going to raise kids or if you're going to have kids, it's really important that we heal ourselves. So it does one of two things. It, we set a better example for our children and their future generations, because A, we don't pass it down to them because we've healed from certain things and you know there is a whole concept of neuroplasticity and neurogenesis where you build new neurons or you know you uh, reconnect some of the neural patterns and grooves based on you know certain things you think or input in your system just like you did that uh, subconscious input when you were going through trauma so you can heal and actually change your patterns or change your brain so to speak um and uh, to be different um, when you go through the process of change with a professional, you know? So it's like, if you are dealing with it in a healthy way, you model that for your kids because uh, kids learn by behavior and watching us more than what we tell them, you know? So if we don't heal from it, they're going to repeat the same patterns and their same, you know, behaviors because we gave it to them a in the first place and B we reinforce that by modeling them the things that we did as a result of what we had been through. You know, so it's yeah, like exactly. if we saw our parents suffering anxiety, we do the same thing and we pass it down because we don't know any different because we didn't take time to um, explore that, you know. Mm. Um, so it's really important. And then second, it's like in the intergenerational thing, if you are healing yourself, then you are teaching more adaptive, more conscious parenting. You're including them as a part of parenting, as in, you know, this, uh, most of the people have this concept of, oh, I, I had kids, now I own them. They're not objects. You don't own them, you know, just because you brought them into the world. They are somebody that, because, you know, to me, parenting is also a whole new thing. It's like a whole new ballgame. 
but it's like just like your five fingers are different all your kids are different and they want to be parented differently too mm -hmm. a lot of times people don't have that in their consciousness where they just parent all kids based on the way they know how or what didn't work for them and that has to work for let's say one two or five kids that they end up having and mm -hmm. sometimes that we you know as parents unconsciously we cause our kids more harm than we want to or mean to cause them and as a result of let's say if we don't think therapy is normal or mental health is normal then how do we get them the help that they need, right? Like I, I'm in the field, so I know that at some point my child will, I'll make them resilient, I'll give, instill them with values, I'll do all the conscious parenting that I need to. But at some point I need to recognize as a parent that if I do something unknowingly to my child that I didn't need to do, then I can at least encourage them to go to a therapist or go to someone else that they can, you know, heal from, recover from, forgive me from, forgive themselves from, and we can all, you know, get on the boat and try things differently. But most people don't think like that. Unfortunately. No, I mean, definitely, definitely not. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I know. And I know that there are jokes about like how psychologists or therapists will mess up their kids, but I don't think. No, yeah. So, so I'm prepared for it. I, I will make sure that he has a therapist or a psychologist yeah. he goes to you know, so that I mean, you, you can know, I mean, you're be honest with yourself about like, I think the same thing. I always tell myself, okay, yeah, there was so much self healing that I've done. And there's so much knowledge that I have in different like trainings that I've done, but I still think yeah. to myself, I'm sure I'm going to find some way to mess my kid up. Like, and yeah. so we're, we're going to need to have like a panel of experts on standby. Like, <laughs> <laughs> and that's okay you know i think the biggest thing like i was telling with the physicians it's like one of the biggest things to recognize is that you're only an expert at certain things yeah. you're not expert at everything no. that's just the reality you know mm. and there are experts who have done it far more than you have um and you know it's like when it's your kid it's one thing because you're in it when mm. it's somebody else they they're able to better look at it and treat it Right. you know treat them with their stuff because sometimes we have our own biases that we walk in with of course and as parents i mean it's it's impossible i think to have none exactly. right it's impossible yeah. but i think with this it's just such an interesting way to to explain how again you don't need to be educated to be informed like you as in again using those words as different things because in this context no, right i totally agree again, anybody who deals with, I'm saying, I talked about children because that to me is always like the first place to start if you want global change right? <laughs> or if you right. want some kind of big move. Oh, absolutely. Start and you know, with us, it starts the bucks, like our parents or their gen or their parents' parents, their generations were different. We're in different times. Yeah. So it's yeah. really, we're going to think of this society as a better place, you know, like Gen Z and everything and the whole three social media, there's a whole spiel that I have about that. The kids that were born after 96, and you know the way they are that the very different breed of people than what even even i went through you know so yeah. it's like uh it's really important that we want to make an impact we make it not just from the lens of oh we need to heal and better collectively make our society better but you know there's a collective change that's required to for us to be prepared and be aware of yes. for the next generation of people Absolutely. that we're waiting Absolutely. And that comes from in, in being informed. And I think that's what I, what I love the most about what you, what you do is, okay, obviously as a therapist, I'm, I, I know I can imagine you're brilliant and stuff, but aside from that, <laughs> I also mean that this, this, so idea, this, this change that you're going for, or this movement of awareness and of being informed is just so important. I think we, the number one thing is we need to learn to be able to hold space for one another. And if we're not, like you said, ask, how are you? Or is there anything that I can do? Um, just really being there to listen, to be compassionate, to not judge, 
I think is the first thing. And the second thing is being informed about your own uh, pains, because often we don't want to, and people don't mean to do this, but they'll right. kind of project their own traumas onto someone else or their own yep. ideas of whatever onto someone else. And obviously yep. when you find a position where you feel a bit more in control or you feel like a bit more of an authority, you're going to abuse that power if you're not in a good place. It's a human. Exactly. It's a human Absolutely. Tendency. So well said. And so if that happens, you, you can really do harm to someone by trying to, I don't know, you might think that you're just saying something innocuous, but you're saying something really inappropriate or, you know, you, you exactly. might be talking about something really serious or about, I don't know, a condition or um, uh, like a mental illness or even just uh, like a trauma or be saying something and you don't realize what this person's been through, what they're thinking. Um, or even what they're going through, because like I said, you know, I deal with people who are just on great on paper, but inside we don't know what's happening. You know, just yeah. because you look on your social media profile pictures doesn't mean that you feel good on the inside. And most people just take that at face value, like, oh, you, you, you're fine. No, ask me if I'm fine. Yeah. <laughs> you don't, and you don't have the right to make that judgment about whether I'm fine or not without asking or checking in with me. Yes, definitely, definitely. And also just, and both extremes, right? Like assuming that everything's okay and also ex um, assuming that everything's bad. I know that, right. that you know, the, we're in the society, as you said before, it made me think of this. Um, tell me what you think, actually, because it's the first time it's dawned on me. You said that we're always chasing this happiness all the time. I think that this race that we've created as a collective yeah. is what makes us have this competition with one another and what makes us almost derive pleasure from someone not being perfectly happy all the time, right? I think... Right. Those, those feelings that are very natural that people may feel like, oh, I'm a little bit annoyed that that worked out really well for them. Or, and it's okay to admit that. It's okay to say exactly. it. But I we think have to it happen without awareness. I think it's okay to admit and be aware of what's happening for us and the world around us. You know, I think a lot of times without awareness, we just automatically go and mind read and assume things about people and things and yeah. their lives and, you know, all of that. But it's like it, it, the the whole the reason why mindfulness, the reason why why staying in the present, the reason why, you know, those consciousness living does so well is because those people look inward more than projecting their stuff outwards and yeah. figuring out what's wrong with other people or you know what's going on for other people and focusing and being very other people oriented. Yeah. I think we focus on ourselves and make ourselves better and work on ourselves, all the other people stop mattering. You know, it's like all that noise just stays as noise and you're so into your, I mean, I'm not saying, you know, I'm, I'm, to me, self-love is not like in a narcissistic way, but when you accept yourself for who you are, it doesn't matter what other people think of you. And it's, yeah. it, and it takes time and it takes process and it's training and, you know, developing yourself into that being, but, you know, it's just a lot of time we miss that point. And then we wonder why we're suffering so much. Yeah. And you said two really two things that really stood out. The, the, the first thing is that, yeah, if we focus more on ourselves and our, our journey, the rest becomes noise. And I read, I read this quote once. It said, um, fill your heart with so much love for yourself and so many positive things that are going to move you forward that there's no room for anything else that doesn't align with that. And that's very, yep. very true. And then in turn, yep when you create that kind of life for yourself and you condition your mind to just be on that, like on that level all the time, because you can train yourself to, to just yeah. be positive and to have happier responses to things in life. Um, when you right. have that and you do love yourself and you do have a more positive outlook, a more loving outlook, let's say, it's a lot easier to feel love for someone else. It's also a lot easier to feel compassion for them. 
because you know what Absolutely. they've gone through. Or you, you can imagine that, you know, they are going through difficult things because you know what you've been through. And it's just a lot easier to feel love and compassion and kindness when you've filled your life and your heart with all those things. It sounds a little bit cheesy, but I really think it's the, it's the, it's the equation. <laughs> No, I, I, I mean, it's not cheesy because I feel like that's one of the components that we miss as humans, like in our chase for happiness. And, you know, when we grow up in an environment that's abusive, neglectful or abandonment, you know, um, not, not so much that we shouldn't be happy or we shouldn't want to be happy, but it's also flipping the coin and learning like a lot of times people have, have this and I, I teach this to my patients or my clients that you know it's like they have this misconception of uh I lost my train of thought I'm sorry no, we, talked about, we talked about wanting to be happy but there's also the flip side of like understanding oh yeah so it's like when you're going through certain things it's like why am I going through this why is this happening to me why 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 me you know and instead of looking at it from a victim consciousness and looking at it from a you know why I always tell people flip the coin and ask what am I learning from this because the more and the faster you want the way that you will get out of certain situations in life is if you ask yourself what you're learning because that's exactly the point of life is it brings you challenges or sufferings to teach you it, it, it keeps giving you the same tests over and over till you pass it so if you wonder why you keep having a series of bad relationships or why you keep keep you know failing the same tests or why you keep you know not succeeding at certain things that you are doing is because it's 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 the universe's way of telling us or higher intelligence's way whatever you call that of telling us that what you are doing is not working for you and the evolution of your souls so what am i learning from this what can i do different how can i be different and then you will see the difference in your life yes absolutely that's and it's sometimes it's not what you think you know you think it's yeah. oh i must do this thing well sometimes it's actually letting go of your attachment to the thing because really you want the thing for a reason that is not in alignment with your better self, your better version. So sometimes it's the opposite of what you think it is, right? Like it's, but you have to be open to the possibilities, right? You have to exactly. factor them all in. So I think that's really interesting. I guess my, my other question for you would be, how can people stay informed? How can people, I mean, short of going to just like become therapists themselves, what can they do? <laughs> Obviously, like I, I encourage all kinds of trainings and like, and things. Yeah. It's good that there's education out there and, and stuff out there. But if they don't want to study any of these things or educate themselves, again, education, as we've talked about it today, how can they yeah. be informed? You know, um, like I was telling you earlier that, you know, just like social media has its bad and its evil side. And I think it was created not to not for it to be evil, but I think it is it is transformed into, you know, a thing that makes people there's so much negativity and there's so much comparison and there's so much jealousy and all this stuff associated with it. Um, but I, I I truly believe there's a really cool Netflix documentary that I recently watched called um, Social Dilemma. And yeah, I, I really recommend it. It's a very, um, it was made by people who were ex-Google or, you know, ex-Twitter or Pinterest or all these executives um, at that platform. And they wanted to use technology in a different way than it now is, unfortunately. But uh, so to go, going back to your point of where people can get that education, there are all these like, 
personally, some some of the favorite, some of my, my favorite things that I do as a result of my self evolution is I love reading books by people that you know I know. Uh, I know people self help books have such a bad you know taste in people's mouths, but. I think they have a time and place. They're meant for people to grow um, when they feel stuck. You know, um, I, I think there are social accounts that people can follow. There are, you know, um, podcasts that people can follow. There are things like I'm very big on bibliotherapy. There are amazing, amazing books written by people as a way of them going through the, the you know, the craziest times of their lives and now have transformed into being someone else's survival guide, and, you know, and mm. they're very specific to that person and their issues. And if, you know, and these days we have such a power of Google. It's like, you know, you search for anything, you will get millions of results, you know? So it's really important to go out there and search for what you believe in and, you know, recognizing like one of the programs, uh, there's a, the, online education program transformative program called mind valley that i really believe in you know have been using this year and i found them to be teaching because to me it's like you know i loved going to school but after a while i got to a place where i'm just like i wish school taught me you know more emotional intelligence more financial mm -hmm. intelligence more you know how to write a check or some of the lessons that i had been through like self-esteem how to have a you know, solid self-love plan, how to have a good body and, you know, good physical, um, uh, how to increase your longevity. And it's like a very mind, body, spirit experience. I wish that I, I went to a school that taught that. And, you know, it's like now in my forties, I've come across this mind valley thing. And I, I, you know, some of the people, they, they bring experts in from the field where they're, you know, experts in that part of your life and whether in mind in spirituality or whether in your body and you know and being a part of those you know online education systems um and then you know following certain people that you connect to that you learn from that you have experts there's all this you know free um stuff out there so these days you don't even have to pay for a lot of things but yet learn and grow with some really good material and content that can be out there you know there's so many positive um social media platforms like i at this point use my social media to you know educate people and inform people of different things that i find in my experience and see what people are struggling with you know mm -hmm. so and there are so many other psychologists and other accounts that i follow like my feed is all about you know um, mindfulness, meditation, positive stuff, you know, it's like what reality looks like versus, you know, what people say depression or think what depression and anxiety or mood disorder or mental illness looks like. So it's like just following and having a lifestyle where, you know, you are um, finding all these resources that are easily available now more than ever because of the power of internet. Um, and, you know, growing in the direction that you want to grow and see yourself be in yeah that was really powerful yeah that makes perfect sense definitely and that's so true that there's so much information out there so many good like but so much good information out there too now yeah. uh, so many good things and um yeah, I love what you said about, you know, it's a, a, an account of what someone went through can become someone else's survival guide. Like, that's yeah. so true. It's so true. And sometimes it's not about, uh, 
that that's what that, again that's why i think it's different being informed and being educated i really think it's different now of course obviously education is important to, for for certain things obviously and education um, that's a foundation it's right. not the top. it's like if you look at it as a house it's the foundation it's not the top it's not the roof you know yes. it's like there are so many other things that you need to pile on together to make it into a beautiful homely homey experience you know so it's like education is great but i think there are other things and resources and life experiences that we need and learn in terms of experimental learning as opposed to just studying in books yes definitely i mean i think it was with you that i talked about this like how you can go to school you can go to grad school and still nothing really prepares you like when you work with your first client oh absolutely <laughs> or like you or when you really start doing the the, like or becoming clear about your mission or becoming clear about your like what, what you want to offer and how um even in my yoga teacher training i found yeah as clear as when i finally got out there after right yeah, it, it, you don't know you really get out there because everything before that is just in theory um, yeah well, literally also there's um, only yeah. so much theory that you can have and then there are all these other things that you lack and then there is only so much like even in your yoga training, I'm sure there's only so much theory that you have now that you have that experience of working with your clients. And there are so many other things that you know that you can fine tune by, you know, tapping into other people's resources and other people yes. as your mentors and your guides that allows you to, you know, sort of uh, customize who yes. you're and aligns with your purpose and yet serve the people that you are serving. Because yeah. it didn't teach you everything that you know now, you know, um, yeah. you wouldn't have learned it. And no, just, and then you, you like relearn it. Like there are things that that, I ha that happen with clients, and I'm like, oh, I should have written about that in my thesis, or oh, I should have done that, or oh, I remember my yoga teacher had said this. I mean, those are two separate things, obviously. Exactly. My, my yoga training wasn't my thesis, but you know what I mean. Like, they're all I'll relearn my training, or I'll re I'll re I'll remember something my teacher said, and I'll be like, oh man, I just relearned that in a completely different way because of this experience with this client or whatever the student. And it's I think that's the most powerful thing that can happen with anything um, and with yourself as well right so I think that's great and in terms of being trauma-informed specifically like why is it so important what does it mean and where can people begin with trauma information being trauma-informed um, well okay so with being trauma-informed it's like first not denying the fact that trauma can happen to anyone and everybody and making a checklist of the things that you probably have been through in your own life because i think when we are in denial and just think oh i want to be trauma informed but uh you know let me just look at what other people how can i help other people i i don't think that's the right way to look at it because it's like everybody no matter who you are what you've been through in life I, like I was telling you earlier, there is big T and big a small T. You've been through some kind of trauma. Otherwise, you wouldn't be experiencing the anxiety or depression or setback. Sometimes people are resilient and they get over things and, you know, get, get through things. But in my 12 years of experience, I have never met anyone who's come to me and said, oh, you know, yeah, um, everything was great up until now that all of a sudden I'm having this huge emotional reactions or distress yeah. to certain things, you know. It, 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 it's not like depression is caused by something. It's something that piles up over time and it gets to a place where you change your, organically change your brain chemistry where you're not yourself anymore, you know, mm -hmm. and you don't know and you don't like the person you are, but you don't know what to do about it. So there's a whole bunch of stuff in, in associated with that. So in order to be trauma informed, I think it's really important that we make a checklist of things that we might have been through that like if it if anything on the scale of zero to ten ten being the worst pain you've ever felt or worst distress you've ex ever experienced in your life 
anything above five, if you still feel like you think of an event or an image in your life, you know, that you've been through with certain experiences and anything above five, if you still feel it, that's pretty traumatic to me. Uh, you know, because if you don't deal with it now, at some point it has a way of catching up to you and it will catch up to you at some point of your life. Um, most of the time when I work with my PTSD and my CP, uh, complex PTSD people, um, PTSD stands for post-traumatic stress disorder. Um, and when I work with them, it's like they have been through some kind of trauma, you know, obviously. And then there are others who've been through, you know, and again, anxiety doesn't just happen. It's like, it's your way, uh, it's your body's way of, you know, telling your emotions, telling you that something is not right, something is off, look into this, and this is why you're having certain reactions that you're not able to control, you know? So I'm not talking about people who are able to, you know, certain situations we get over and we get move on and we move forward, but certain situations we just can't, like you didn't pass a certain exam or you didn't, you know, go through certain things that you had envisioned or planned for your life. You're, you know, your preteen years and your early 20s are like some of the most very important developmental part of your life, but a lot of people go through a lot of challenges in, in those developmental phases of life. So just being aware of what you have been through, what some of the things you're going through, what are some of the things that you want to work on, or maybe even keep in your you know, back of your mind so that if other things come up in your life later on, then you know that, you know what, these might be connected. I better go in and check in and, you know, get help for this or notice what's going on for me. Mm -hmm. Let me keep track of the patterns that I behave in or the patterns I see in my life and just monitor it. When you monitor it and then, like I said, you know, you, you, you either follow uh, social media accounts or you have Facebook groups these days they're okay. led by professionals. So it's not just like you're going in a group and, you know, just uh, the different groups serve different purposes. And in group, there is a lot of power, you know, knowing that somebody else is going through the same thing that you are can be very life changing and healing for mm -hmm. some people. Mm -hmm. So if you don't want to put yourself out there for therapy just yet, maybe that's a place to start. Maybe learning you know from experts or learning from people and things and resources that are available out there reading books you know that can help you resolve some of those things in your mind and you know for yourself then more power to you and if you get to a place where you just can't shake it off and you know that something is off then seeking help for it you know but knowing that these things are happening and then secondly sometimes those things are not happening for us but we see somebody close to us we are you know is suffering from those things then being there for them encouraging them to seek help from a place like you know by being really kind and compassionate is hey i see that you're going through this in life um maybe you should consider mental health therapy not because there is something wrong with you but because there is somebody who you know, who is trained and experienced in better helping you go through this because I'm not able to see you go through life like that. And not because I want to shut you off, but I just want as someone that I care for and I love to get the help that they need, you know? And if they resist it, then just saying, okay, you know what, I'm here for you, but there's any, and so checking in with them every so often, because you can make people change. You can make people, you know, deal with their mental health issues if they don't want to, but just being there as a sounding board, being kind, being gentle through that process, and yet persevering and telling them, you know, how much they could benefit from help in different ways, then help could, could help them. Definitely. I think that's a really important thing as well. Um, just always being there for them and being compassionate. And like you said at the beginning, um, 
non-judgmental, like being non-judgmental, being there to, to hold space and to really be there. Because even when they talk about suicide prevention and pretty much anything, especially men's mental health, right? Like yeah. how to hold space and how to address those kinds of situations. Like if you're, if you're living with one, like if you know, you're living with your father or maybe your brother or uh, you, your husband or your boyfriend, you know, addressing these things uh, in, in that way and not being judgmental and knowing that these things are real and just opening up the dialogue. Like if nothing else, opening up the dialogue and exactly. not having it be taboo, just having it be normal to talk exactly. about. Or talking to them, you know, talking to their best friends or talking to their male friends or someone that they look up mm -hmm. to and bringing this up as a matter of concern and not something as an, Hey, he needs help. You know, I don't, that, that <laughs> never works. Most time when I, because I also do couples therapy and, you know, people are always come in with the lens of, Oh, she needs help or he needs help. And it's like, you yeah. can't, it takes two to tango to be in a relationship. No one person just needs help. Um, so, you know, just making and, and advocating for, you know, couples therapy and advocating for, you know, together as in, hey, maybe we could use someone else else's perspective to help us get through this because obviously it's 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 causing a strain in our relationship and we could do better in our relationship and live a better quality of life as opposed to just coexisting and just living life on autopilot. Yeah, and blindly, yeah, yeah, exactly. Definitely. And I I, I think in 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 this month, I mean, it's September is almost over and whatever. But it was there anything that you wanted to like say about anything for this month? Uh, my biggest my biggest thing is I I don't think the buck should stop here. I don't think the dialogue should end here. I think these discussions need to keep happening. You know, even after this month is over, I think the, the we as society could do better at continuing to at least start conversations that are uncomfortable and, you know, things that we don't know and admit that we don't know. And, you know, sort of supporting each other through this process. You know, I, I know that on my social media, I follow a lot of accounts now um, that are very anti-stigma and mental health and, you know, supporting each other as opposed to, oh, you know, I'm coming out there and reinventing the wheel. I'm not. That's one of the reasons why I partnered up with you because I know that you have your audience, you have your people that you seek and serve. And, you know, uh, this message can never get too old yeah. as in, you know, we can all collectively make um, this world a better place for our children and our future generations where we talk about things that are uncomfortable and coexist and, you know, live to be our best selves and impact this world the way it needs to be. Yeah. Yeah. I completely agree. That's a really powerful thing. I think, you know, healing yourself and you can heal everyone <laughs> yeah no it's true because you know one of the things that i've been also reading is like more people died of suicide than covid this year and how sad is that it's like suicide is like the number um three cause of death in india number 10 that cause of death in the world so obviously people are going through things obviously people are dying untimely deaths because of not feeling or being supported you know, so there's something majorly wrong in this picture. It's not just about September being a suicide prevention month. It's just about collectively changing as a society to put a spotlight on mental health and not, you know, looking down on people who are going through tough times because that's not, there's yeah. nothing they can do to control it. And just empathizing and, you know, recognizing that is a very big first step.
Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I had, I, we had talked about this off air, I think, when we said, you know, nobody shames you if you say that you have cancer or if you say that you mm -hmm. have cold. But as soon as you say you have depression or as soon as you think you might have this or, you know, everyone's jumping to say, you know, whatever they want to say about whatever illness. And that needs to really shift. It really exactly. needs to shift. It's like just like going to a hairdresser, going to a general physician, going to, you know, a car surgeon is a norm. Going to a mental health practitioner should also be a norm. Like it's okay that you are going and seeking help. It's okay you're going to a coach. It's okay that there is something not wrong and you are doing something about it. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. <laughs> That's great. And if people want to connect with you and, and find out more about you and work with you, how can they find you? Um, so I have, um, so on social media, like on uh, Facebook, I have this group, uh, our, I, I'm, um, my handle is G Patel Counseling. On Instagram, same thing, G Patel Counseling. My um, website is gpatelcounseling.com. It's right now in the process of relaunching, you know, and revamping. So it's Life Synergy Wellness, but it's G Patel Counseling. I will have all my podcast related news i plan to launch on november 10th so keeping my fingers I'm crossed um uh, uh, i will keep you posted and i would love to have your support with that um but you know um and then i recently also founded a group called pregnant and um new moms mental wellness support group because i know we have all these groups for new moms and you know and also on insta i have this um, handle called pregnant underscore new mom underscore tribe and you know we are fairly new on instagram but i wanted to create and we're one month old and i have 150 members so i'm kind of excited about that but you know it's it was a very much needed um, conversation and a support system that i wanted to have for people who are not necessarily ready for therapy but also were struggling with daily challenges that new motherhood brings you know being in it myself i really wish retrospectively i had that support and that tribe of women that i could just go and vent to or you know not care what i look like or you know just went out there and get all the help and resources that I needed to that I now have for the women that might be going through some of the same things so um, we found I founded this group and had some of the people get on board with me and it's been really amazing to hear women say that they feel really supported with that so I encourage people to join if that's the phase that they find themselves in um, and comment or DM me if there's anything that I can help with that's wonderful. Yeah, I'm going to put all those links in the show notes so everybody can find you and find those groups and, and connect. Yeah. So that's going to be great. But uh, yeah, this was such a great conversation, honestly. I mean, we, we hit it off really well the first time as well. So I'm not Thank surprised. <laughs> I'm not surprised that we... Thank you. I really appreciate that you align with my vision and my values and, you know, gave me this platform to reach um, people all the way in Croatia. So, <laughs> I, think, so, I think the furthest from you, I mean, the furthest, I don't even know anymore. What, like from you, from me, never mind. But, but there, 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 there's some far reach here. Like hopefully we can, we can tie all around, you know, in some yeah. way and really reach a lot of people. So um, absolutely I, never, I always tell myself I, I don't know every single person who listens to my podcast obviously I yeah. just hope that sometimes there's someone who has not reached out that I don't know but that is finding so much peace in this episode Aww. or in whatever other episode and I, that's always my hope is that they find they listen and they're like ah you know like I don't know yeah. it's always my hope that that yeah. 
that there's that. And of, of course, some other emotions too, <laughs> but, uh, but, but hopefully positive emotions. So that's really good. But I'm so excited for your podcast to come out. I am so there. I will be posting about it like a crazy person because I'm very <laughs> Give me all your information. So I will go out there and let the world know that you exist and your work exists. Because I think collectively, if we, we do this together and reach people, you know, somehow, some way, someday, people need to hear certain things more so than not. And um, I would rather listen to this than watch TV or listen to random music sometimes. So, yeah. Great. Thank, well, thank you so, so much. Not only was it a pleasure, but you just brought so much value to this, to the show. And this episode is just so jam-packed with so much good stuff. So oh, thank, you. thank you so much. I'm so excited. I'll put everything in the show notes. Everyone's going to have a wonderful time. And maybe we'll break this up into two episodes so that we can have yes. a part one and a part two and people can, <laughs> can digest, you know, the first half and then digest the second half. And I think it's going to be great. So thank you so, so much for everything and for your time. It's my pleasure. Thank you again for having me on your show. It's truly been a pleasure to get to know you and to be able to reach your audience. Thank you so much. So I hope that you enjoyed that episode with Gunjani. This is the end of our two-part episode on normalizing mental health and being trauma-informed. As always, if you have any questions, please don't hesitate to reach out to me. You can always reach out to me via social media or my website. And if you love the podcast, then a great way to support me and the show is to leave a five-star rating and a review. This helps boost us and I really, really appreciate it. So thank you so much for those of you who have done that already or for those of you who will. Um, I don't always see them show up straight away. So if you do leave one, just let me know uh, so I can thank you personally. Also, if you're having trouble with that, because I know some people have reached out to me and said that they're having a bit of trouble leaving a rating then also just ask me and I'll help you find a way to let that uh, to make that happen a little bit more easily depending on the device that you're using otherwise thank you so much for reach for for sorry for connecting with me this week and for tuning in for those of you who are back again and for those of you who are new also thank you and I hope that you do come back until next week be good to yourself be kind to yourself be safe and namaste